podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, welcome to another Nina Carter show. Uh, it's one of those fun Saturdays. Liverpool on top of the league, unbeaten, 4-0 against Bournemouth. Thank you very much. All pressure, all eyes on Manchester City now. Fingers crossed they slip up. What a fabulous game. The Reds firing on all cylinders and the perfect result given the fact that we have a huge game against Napoli on Tuesday and um, there's plenty of talking points, lots of fun on this podcast. We are live again I shouldn't have to mention it now. This is how we're going to do things going forward. We are live. So a massive shout out to all the subscribers that are joining us live. Some great conversations and chats going to happen today. And we've got some amazing callers. And all this would not be possible without a panel because I can't multitask and I can't function. So a big shout out to Gags, who's going to be sorting this out and producing all along the way. But the panel, let me introduce you to them. First up... It's a man who goes to pretty much all the home and away games, uh, co-host of the Desi AI podcast. Um, it's an honour to call him my friend as well. It's Mr. Harinder Singh, also known as Faji. Welcome to the show. Hello. I'm, so, I'm glad I made it this time. I let you down a couple of times previously, at least once previously. You, so I felt, and I felt bad. Yeah, you did. And your reasons were because I, I I think I really pissed you off that week and you're like, you know what, you're fucking me off. I'm not coming on your show. <laughs> no, just not, no, just the truth is I don't like you. <laughs> it's right, it's right. But here you are. You're a bit you're a bit like Man United or Man City, just obsessed with me. I live for it, I revel in it and you know, all that good stuff. But you know what? There's another there's an, an another annoying sound on this podcast. You've I think he was on last week, actually, so this is quite fun. It's Sam Evans. Sam, welcome to the show. Hiya, Nina. This live podcasting thing's pretty cool, isn't it? It is. And you know what? I need to be mindful that, you know, I need to keep a filter on things. So, you know, I (laughs) can't be saying, telling people that I don't like you and stuff, which is not true at all. But, guys, that was a massive result, right? Um, I think it's the first time in a season where Liverpool have to sort of bring their game, sort of show show that they can take control of a situation. And, you know, I thought Liverpool were just in cruise control there. I just want to get not your thoughts on the game, but just the element of how you feel after that game, relief, you know, all that good stuff. So, you know what, Sam, I'll stick with you first. Yes, it's the perfect game, really, before the Napoli match. You know, it's ideal that it's the first kickoff mm. of Saturday. So we've got the maximum gap we could have had without it being a Friday game before the the Napoli match and it was the ideal type of match for us as well as you said you've totally called it there we were totally in cruise control today it was a really nice and comfortable game 4-0 and you just don't feel like the boys had to exert themselves too much so fingers crossed now the boys are going to be nice and fresh now ready for that absolutely massive game on Tuesday night nope I I think there will be a majority that would completely agree with you there, uh, Sam, Steve, uh, you have many names for me. I'm going to come to Harinda now. We do have some callers lined up. I want to get your thoughts on 
on on the on the element of um, just winning that game and how we won it. I think the first twenty five minutes or so, we were all over them like a rash, mm. and. The brilliance of that is the fact that you just know that Liverpool have turned around and said, do you know what, Bournemouth, bring it, do what you want, we're going to do this to you. though." And they did come a little bit back into the match towards the end of the first half, but our first goal was just brilliant, then the second went in, and then the third, and then the fourth was just, just Salah saying, do you know what, I'm going to take the absolute piss out of Bournemouth, I'm going to put the arse of Asmir Begovic on his arse, and I'm going to make Nathan Ake look like a complete and utter fool. And, oh, I'm going to score my fourth. Cruise control. Absolute cruise control. There wasn't wasn't really a point in this match you could say Liverpool looked uncomfortable. Yeah, and I think that just literally underlines Liverpool. I wouldn't say all throughout this season, but there there is much more calmness and serenity about them in the Premier League, at least (laughs) anyway. You know, they kind of know what they're doing. And there might be times whereby we're losing our shit because we think, what the hell is going on here? Why is this not functioning? But when you see results like this against Bournemouth, and other teams come here and struggle, or other teams come here and Bournemouth put up a real fight, they lost whimpering, or whimpering. I think that underlines Liverpool. Totally agree there, Hrind. I think it's, it's becoming a bit of a theme with the Reds this season now where previously we're so used to kind of really struggling to get the results and having to fight so hard every single game. And, and we're starting to see a kind of indication that the teams are kind of scared of us now. And we're, we're even getting the rub of the green, you know, where we're getting these little deflections now. It's just, we're, we're kind of on the crest of a wave at the moment. And I just think, you know, the longer this continues, the, the more we kind of get to the rub of the green. So just, I think teams are starting to panic whenever they're playing us now. It's a bit of a shades of 13-14 when Suarez, uh, where basically everything he did would make the defence panic. And I think we're getting a bit of that with Salah these days as well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But it's just the defensively, we've never looked so assured Mm. in such a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like all the the qualms that Liverpool supporters have had in the past, like, oh, we don't have a good defence. Nailed it. We don't have a good goalkeeper. We've got, you know, Mr. Allison, who, fingers crossed, will we'll win the Golden Gloves. That's what we want. Um, we've got some shout out here. Um, Joey Mack, this is Fab Guys, listening to you and Sky Sports Clock Post Match interview at the same time. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got Brett as well, one of our awesome subscribers and, um, somebody that we speak to on Twitter as well. So and I think it's the first time he's joining us. And, of course, Bernie's on as well and Dell. So we've got some good people on. But you know what? Keep talking to us. Let us know your thoughts on the game as well. Do you feel composed when you're watching Liverpool? Give me your comments down below. Gags will sort through them and we'll give you some shout-outs. But it is about the callers. So let's go to our first caller. It is Nicholas. Nicholas, welcome back to the live post-match show. Oh, I think it's the first time, actually. Uh, I think I was on the chat the other day, but uh, the live one is certainly certainly the first time. But it's a pleasure. Long-time listener. Ah, okay. We must have a lot of Nicholas's subscribed to AI Pro. And here's me getting mixed up. You know, we need to change all your names. In fact, I will give all the subscribers a brand new name there I'm going to because you know I like butchering names so Nicholas I'm sure you're absolutely thrilled and ecstatic to be on top of the league I want to get your um get your question for the panel or your thoughts so take it away the floor's yours 
Well, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. Of course, the defense has, has just made us such a machine. It's like, it's like watching Germany in the World Cup. You just, you know, they will win. And the question is, when is the goal, um, goal coming? Um, I have, uh, two questions. One speculative one, which is, uh, what's, what's the thing with uh, Salah? He seems very, stern and determined or perhaps a bit pissed off i'm not sure um and then mm-hmm. the second and more, more substantive question which i really like to hear your thoughts about is um it felt like we got a lot more time on the ball today is that because uh they were poor was it because of uh the midfield had a better setup or was it just a combination perhaps uh, because we just, it might be just because we have had these two scraps in the, in the, against uh, mm. Everton and Burnley. But today we were just, we just, it just looked like we were playing in different leagues. No, I think even um, uh, two key talking points there. And what we'll do, um, Nicolas, we will talk about Mohamed Salah first. Of course, um, he won man of the match and, Sam, I'll come to you first. I mean, again, he scores a hat-trick and, you know, he looks a bit dimmier. You know, maybe he's not as happy. Maybe he thinks the players get a fine as well if they celebrate a little bit too much. Who knows? But he was quite dimmier with his celebrations. But uh, he scored a hat-trick. He looks he looks so lively today and just so bright. And I thought all of his goals were absolutely fabulous. Took them all really well. All very different as well. And... um to you, did he look determined? Did did he look pissed off? Because I'm sure there'll be some body language experts out there saying that he looks really unhappy despite scoring a hat-trick. First of all, Nina, only you can butcher people's names and find a way to blame them for having the wrong name. That's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely incredible work by you, so well done for that. Um, <laughs> You know what? I think I think we should share this story oh. with subscribers. As oh you know, Larry, God. Okay, do it. So, do it. Okay, right. So, no, no, no. I, I think I should share it. Yes, right. yes. Okay. Right. So there was um, a Cardiff event with uh, Jamie Carragher five times. So myself and Gags went down to it, and of course, um, Sam also known as Steve, was um, covering Jason Roberts and Jim Fishlock. So we all met up and we had an awesome time at the Carragher event. We laughed so much. I developed a new nickname, which I'm not going to share. And then we went out for some food. And then obviously the, it, it got quite late, so we were all going to go our separate way. And uh, all night I kept calling Sam, Steve, Steve, Steve. And right at the end, he actually finally had the courage and the balls as we were all walking <laughs> to our cars to say, why do you keep calling me Steve? And I looked at him and I went, because that's your name, duh. And everyone just looked at me like, you fucking... <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious, to be fair. It was it was so stupid, but so typical of you to do that. It was oh. amazing. But anyway. I, I, must, I think my nickname for you was a lot better, Nina, but I won't... I'll, Shut I'll, up. I'll, that I'll was keep... horrible. I'll, I'll keep the listeners wondering for now. Maybe they can ask later. Didn't know it. You flipping attack me all the time on social media. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Anyway, should we get back to the question? Yes, Mo Salah. Give uh, me your thoughts yes. on that. Yeah, Mo, Mo Salah. First of all, we've we got to say, right, top goal scorer in the Premier League, joint on 10 goals with Aubameyang, I believe. 
Um, so that's not half bad for someone who's having a terrible second season. I think you'll agree. So I, I think it's we, we've he's well and truly put that to bed now, hasn't he? I think it's safe to say. And you know, I, it's great, great questions by the way, Nicholas. Um, I was wondering the same thing with Salah. I don't know whether anyone has has found out the answer regards to the the kind of pouting celebrations. I don't know whether it's kind of his version of you know, I'm the man type of thing, or whether there's there's something, maybe it's a respectful thing that something's happened. I, I don't know the answer, to be honest with you. But um, one thing I will tell you, it's it's definitely not, I'm not happy at Liverpool and I'm going to Real Madrid. That's a load of crap. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it's really, really safe that, you know, he, he's clearly happy at the club and everything. It's just, there must be something else and maybe it'll come out, maybe it won't. But... I'm not worried about that. The main thing is the guy is on fire again. He's such a danger man all the time. You know, Nathan Aki is no bum. He's a he's a really good, solid defender, and he's got a bit of pace about him. And he was panicking every time Salah was on to him. Uh, Salah was always an out ball. You can see Allison every time he gets the ball, he's looking up and he's trying to release the guy. He he is so key to this Liverpool team. I'm not having it that he hasn't been as sharp this season. Mm. I haven't I haven't seen the stats, how many goals he'd scored at this point last season, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's got more now than he had last season after this amount of games. I, I'm not 100% sure. So, yeah, he, he's been excellent. I think it, it, we've really kind of... He needed that hat-trick, I think, just to get that kind of yeah. monkey off his back and just to, to finally put that rubbish to bed. And it, it was yeah. just... Absolutely ideal now before we go into the Napoli game. So um, nice to get Manny to have a little rest again. So hopefully he'll be fully firing, ready for the next game. And, and Firmino as well, looking a bit sharper. So really, really positive signs. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Bernie's just kind of messaged in there and she's wrote one season wonder in in her sarcastic font. Yeah, I'm with you there completely, Bernie. Badger, I want to come to you now. I want to get your thoughts on Mohamed Salah because I feel like we over-analyse. I actually saw this as well. I mean, I do try keeping on top of some of the Twitter commentary and people are like, what's wrong with Mo Salah? What's wrong with Mo Salah? What's wrong with Mo Salah? And I'm just like, he just fucking scored. What's your problem? Why are you analysing his body language? You have no idea what he's going through. He might be the happiest guy on the planet just because he's not showing it. You just don't know. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it either, to be fair. Because um, sometimes he scores and he's jumping for joy. He's over the moon, hugging everybody. And sometimes he scores and he's just as calm, composed. Yeah, you know what? Like a clinical assassin. He just went to work, did who, shot down whoever he's supposed to shoot down and walk away. Yeah, I don't care. I, I'm not going to spend my time becoming some sort of Freud-type character who has to go and overanalyze what Mo Salah's face looks like after he scored a goal, or am I going to celebrate the goal? I'm going to be the one celebrating the goal. I'm too busy working out my own celebration, looking at what's going on around me, rather than going on and looking mm. at the player. I, it's, a, it's a moment in time, like every goal. It's just a moment in time. where Whether he's happy, whether he frowns, he usually doesn't frown or scowl, really. He's just usually emotionless sometimes. But... Does it really matter? Does it really matter? You have just seen Liverpool at a relaxed best. A relaxed best. They didn't have to break a sweat. They didn't look as if they were being troubled by Bournemouth. They didn't even look as if Bournemouth on a windy day could get a wind-assisted goal. 
they probably wouldn't have even bothered to smell a fart from Bournemouth either. <laughs> they just cruised through this team in the second half, like as if they didn't care. They're like, all right, Bournemouth, this is just another day, another goal, another victory, another three points. Oh, and we're top of the league. Top of the league. Until Man City played Chelsea, of course. Yeah. Who cares about what Mo Salah feels like or looks like? <laughs> because... Nobody knows. You've said it already. Nobody knows, really. Mm. You know? And does he seem unhappy with Liverpool? No. Does he seem unhappy with his teammates? No. <laughs> does he seem unhappy with Jurgen Klopp? No. So, who gives? I don't. This is just great. I'm happy to see our star player score three goals mm. against an extremely crappy Bournemouth side who just did not know what to do. And it wasn't as if Bournemouth didn't put up a fight. They didn't carve through us. They couldn't fashion massive chances. Uh, I think they only had one this, uh, in the first half that I can think of that made me think, oh, hang on. And that was because a sliced ball from Ginny, wind assisted, no farts intended, I think, went towards one of their players. And from that, they got their odd chart was, um, I think, the strike that Alisson pushes again from the side of his post. That's it. That's literally it. That, that's it. There, yeah, absolutely. Apart from get corners. <laughs> yeah, of course. And we'll talk about the game as it progresses. That This was a Salata. And uh, Gags, I quickly want to bring you in because to me, he just looked like a man focused. He looked, maybe he's thinking, got to win this one. Got a massive game against Napoli. Don't want to look too happy. Don't be too excited. I've still got a job to do. We need to score goals there. I, I don't think Liverpool will try winning by 1-0. If I'm being honest against Napoli, I think they're going to want to absolutely... Um, try crushing mm. them, um, if I know this Liverpool side. Uh, one thing that, you know, forget talking about his body, the body language experting and stuff. To me, he just looked like a very, very focused man. And that showed in how he took all his goals. Yeah. You know, think, to me, he just looked... I think you've said... Yeah, I think you said it all. And then uh, the, the focus is the key. He looked like he was really, really focused. And, like, I don't get why the smiley stuff... I was getting DMs from people saying, why wasn't he, um, why isn't he passing to... To Mane, is there a problem? It's like, why do people look so deep into this bullshit? I'm sorry, but it's fucking bullshit. You give me a reason to rant, even when we won. Like, this nonsense, yeah. it's absolute fucking nonsense. And you know what, we, behave, we behave like Asian aunties. And he's focused, he wants to win, he wants to win the league. I want him to do that, I want him to be in fucking angry mo mode for the rest of the season. Can we change it to he's unhappy to angry mo mode? Because angry mo mode sounds good, <laughs> and like angry mo mode means he's going to score a goal again and again. Can and we call again. him moody mo? Moody mo? Moody mo, right? Moody mo to the rescue. Can we call him Ivan Dragmo? Because no, he likes Rocky. No, no. Why not? Because <laughs> it's so simplistic. Oh, can we call okay. him Sassy Salah? <laughs> yeah, Sassy Salah is good as well. But anyway, let's I go. I must to the break chat. you. Oh, yeah, exactly. Let's go to the chat because um, Josh Ocampo. Yes. So Josh said, uh, "Watch the post-match in- interview. He was so humble and was all smiles." And um, you know, people just have to hear Simon's going to be on in a minute. I think he's just humble and a professional. Great, uh, Ahmed saying, "Great game for Salah. His moment, his movement was amazing. Amazing." And what a combination of nerves to the last goal. Like, you know, how, how good he was. Um, a few others have talked about how lovely it was that Mo came out at the end of the game and gave his man of the match award to James Milner for his 500th appearance. Oh. There is no man like Mo Salah in football. There is no man like Mo Salah in football. Stop focusing on the bullshit and focus on the fucking amazing stuff he does on the pitch and off the pitch. I'm done. 
<laughs> you know what? I think Drop, laws of people are agreeing mic. with you. Drops mic. Absolutely. If I, you know, I would drop my mic, but it's fucking hella expensive and I ain't buying a new one. A hefty horse that's saying Gags is channeling his inner Amanda there. So, you know, there's some nice little comments coming through. Um, also, Ahmed, uh, ah- Ahmad's eight also said further on in the chat as well that he kind of liked the fact that Mosla was quite muted with the celebration because his game spoke volumes and that's what we should be focusing on. I'm going to go back to, um, Nicholas, Nicholas now. I want to get his thoughts on Mosla before we move on to his next question, which I do remember because I am a true, true professional. Nicholas, your thoughts on, uh, Mosla as well? I mean, do you agree with the panel? What did you make of him focused? Thank you for butchering my name again, uh, Nina. That's real nice. Uh, anyway, I, I agree completely. I think it's more of that sort of Slatan uh, <laughs> uh, style back in the day when he was just like, I'm going to, I will destroy you, basically. Uh, and I think there's a, you know, he's a, he's a bit annoyed that people don't realize how uh, incredible a player, you know, even, even just a, a short spell where he is not scoring every game and then people start talking. But I generally agree uh, with with the guys and with gags and I I you know someone mentioned him uh, going to Real Madrid and I think the only reason he would do that would be to assassinate Ramos so I I have no worries about that. Here here, we'd all like to go nope. and assassinate. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I think that's enough talk about more there. I'm sure we'll discuss the goals later on, um, if if time permits. But you know what? We need to move on to the second point and. Nicolas, uh, I, I hope I got that right then. Please don't slaughter me. Everyone's laughing at me in the chat box. It's this not respect is real. Listen, are you, are you Rory Breaker? Do you remember Rory Breaker in Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels? He goes, Nicolas. No, I'm not saying... Nicolas. Nicolas. <laughs> Nicolas. <laughs> Just say Nicolas, man. It's fine. No, I like saying it properly. Oh, my God. And then being called out for mispronouncing because that's just what I do. But you know what? He he had another question there and it was about Liverpool controlling, having lots of space. Um, and I think, again, that was something that I kind of noticed as well. Sam, I want to get your thoughts on this because I felt like the midfield really helped to do that. I felt like the midfield controlled the game. Definitely. I, As I said in the, uh, the last live one I did... Uh, game four last after the Everton game I, I have been banging on the drum of trying to get Fabinho into the team for, for quite some time because I feel like he gives us that element of control in the midfield which then gives the, the front three that chance to actually have the platform that we need to shine and also he's not only very good in, in making sure that the opposition can't attack our back four but also he, he's absolutely key in making sure that we get those forward passes going and actually give our front three some time when they receive the ball so that the defenders aren't on top of them. So I, I think the midfield today, we, we saw the benefits today of Fabinho and Naby Keita. We've been desperate to see those guys in tandem, and we, we've just seen the result of that. You know, it's such a comfortable win today. We, 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 I don't feel like we got out of second gear. I felt like we were in conservation mode today, trying to make sure that we held back some energy and just did the job really, really ultra-professionally today. You know, this is a banana skin. We've had a lot of really tough games away to Bournemouth. They, they've, they've taken quite a few scalps since they've been in the Premier League. So this game was easily 
it could have been a problem. You know, they were on the back of four straight defeats, but then they had that win in the last game and they had their tails mm-hmm. up. And they might have fancied something today. You know, they're, they're remembering that was a 4-3 game that we had before. I think they fancied it today and they started off pretty promising. But soon enough, the boys showed that they meant business today and they were giving absolutely nothing away. And I think the mm-hmm. vital position in, in on the pitch is that midfield area. And I feel like, Today's lineup really, really addressed the problems that we've been having this season. And I uh-huh. just, you know, let me have Kate and Fabinho in midfield together all season long, please, because that's the difference. Absolutely. I think so many people were excited about that, seeing that combo. And, um, you know, I actually put it out there as well, um, Harinda, that for me, that was probably the best midfield combo I've seen. And I think as they carry on playing, it just gets better and better. But I think and on the flip side, that yes, they control the game. Fabinho controlled that game. Naby Keita was just like, just being himself and nutmeg two players at once. You know, he was just, they were just allowed to be whatever they wanted to be. But one thing that I thought what that midfield did, it was an enabler and it really enabled people like Roberto for me. You know, even if they were to drop deep, but in an advanced position, not too deep. And I saw people like Shakiri, you know, moving to the left, moving to the right. He was literally everywhere on the pitch. And I felt like that midfield gave our attackers that flexibility to kind of make the most of the pitch. I, I, I don't know if you noticed that as well. I think it's really telling that, you know, our midfield, a lot of the times where things are a bit drab or... We're, we're squeezing past teams or we're not doing anything at all, the midfield is called out straight away. Today, there's nothing to call out about the midfield. There's nothing you can say about one player versus another versus another in regards to who we had there. And I think that speaks volumes all by itself. Also, you look at the positional elements of Fabinho. In, for the lead up to the first goal, second goal, I can't remember which, I think it's from the, for the first, he's like quite near the halfway line, you know, touch give and go with um van dyke and they carry on for the third goal he's up there near the 18 yard box so that says everything fabinho could be where he wanted to be just like you've said cater and Ginny played really really well and yeah the double nutmeg was hilarious the beginning of the match but <laughs> poor bournemouth um there's not much more there's nothing you can really add to that you know i mean there's there's so much pelters that are given when things don't function and the ball doesn't go where you want it to go and we don't create or we stifle things. And today, you guys have nailed it. It's true. Klopp got it absolutely spot on with the midfield. Spot on, as you would say. (laughs) (laughs) What an impression that is, by the way. (laughs) You know what? Don't make me start on you, okay? I will do my best Welsh if you want me to. Let's hear it. Yeah, but you can't do your best English. (laughs) <laughs> don't matter don't matter I ain't about that life who wants to be English when you Welsh I don't know Gags should I do my best Welsh impression no please don't don't please I was. go this, back this. to Nicholas for his thoughts now I was pretty bad but anyway Gags um, uh, I actually I want to get your thoughts on this and please leave me some comments as well you, you're like the you're like the soundboard yeah, yeah I'm just going to put a few there's only a few yet because I only asked for it just now um uh, Dell says it's a sexy midfield. Simon Hefty Horse is on next, actually, after Nicholas. He says it's a title uh, winning midfield. It shores up the defence and gives the attack more freedom. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that's pretty much it at the moment. Nobody else has typed anything just now on the midfield. But, yeah, it'd be good to hear what okay, Nicholas I've got a question. I've got a question for you about the midfield whilst um, Nicholas um, has his final say. 
Subscribers, people who are joining us live, would you stick or twist with the midfield? Do you pick that against Napoli or do you revert back to um, the sort of maybe the Milner, Henderson and Ginny and Yaldum? There you go. There's a talking point for you. Right. Okay. So that'll be coming through, guys. So read me out some of the best ones. Nicholas, back to you. Yeah, no, I think uh, this is spot on. And and I think that what what Keita does in his way is that he has this amazing technique so he can just get out of any situation, find space. And by doing so, he also gives time to the other players to reposition. Uh, Fabinho can do these one-touch passes. And all of mm. these, you know, having that sort of specialist technical skill set means that you suddenly create more time for everyone to move and to pass the ball. You see it with City all the time. It's just, they they just have so much more time. And then, you know, it's very, very, very hard to to get at the ball. But when we, and at the same time, I like that we have some, you know, you have sort of a, a strong tackling player to deal with some situations so that you have a balance. But at the same time, um, if you look back at these games where we have been struggling and just won them, a lot of the players in the midfield, and it's just duel after duel and after duel without being able to get the ball under control. And I think that these two players really help us just just controlling games and just just keeping the ball in the team and getting getting more uh, attacks going than than uh, than otherwise. I think that's fair, absolutely. I think we're all in pretty much agreement that, you know, they did create a lot of space. And I do remember, actually, at one point, Naby Keita, they, there was like three players around him and he was sort of passing it back to Robertson, getting back into space. And, yeah, he just offers that calmness, none of that panicky stuff, which I really like as well. Gags, have you got some responses for me there about the midfield? Yeah, pretty much resounding. Everyone wants to stick. Uh, Dell was funny in saying, I'll fucking stick to you in the midfield. Uh, Joey Mack, no hendo milligenistic, please. Uh, in the words of William Wallace from Dell, you can take my life, but you can never take my midfield. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking brilliant. Brett, Nab and Fabio playing well together and Bernie, Dutty27, stick with that midfield. They're class. Why revert to a midfield that's lost all of our away games in the CL? We need to stick with a winning formula. Okay, excellent stuff, Nick. Excellent stuff Great. indeed. Thank oh. you. No, thank you so much for joining us and thank you for the two very excellent discussion points, which were the two my favourite parts of, of the game as well. Um, so thank you for that, Nicholas. No problem. It's a pleasure. Yep, and enjoy your weekend. The Reds have not screwed it up with an early kickoff. You know, they've been good this season. I fucking love them. Right, let's move on to our next caller. We are joined by Hefty Horse. His name is Simon. Well pronounced. <laughs> Thank you. How you doing? Yeah, yeah or, living my best life. Call here. you N- Nina. Just call me Nina. Just call me Nina. N. Okay. N. <laughs> N. Righty ho, Uh Thank you so much for joining us. I know you couldn't join us um, for the Burnley game, so it's great to have you back on. Your thoughts, your points, share them away. First of all, that was just absolutely amazing, and my I guess my point is just basically. That looked like that we've. It's the, it looks like it's the first time that we've kind of let loose a little bit, and it feels a little bit more like the back end of last year. But we also looked absolutely impervious at the back. So I just wanted to ask: Do people think that 
that's what they'll is that what they'll see more of now or if we'll almost revert back to what we saw in the first part of the season with these three really big matches <clears throat> in the next month? No, I think that, again, that's a, some very, very good discussion points. I'm going to come to Harinda first on this one because at the beginning of the season, uh, Liverpool were winning ugly or, you know, winning by maybe 1-0 and Liverpool fans were getting annoyed. I think Huddersfield was... a was the epitome of an ugly win, horrible performance, but we managed to win. Could this be now? Because, you know, same happened last season too, right? I mean, Liverpool's attackers just just took a little bit of time to click and connect. And could this be now that they, they're very are fired up and they fancy themselves? I want to get your thoughts. Do you think it's a clock tactic to let them go all gung-ho? Because pretty much we kept a clean sheet and we scored four goals. It was pretty much a, a flawless performance all round if you look at it in those in in for the stats that they are. Sure. But um So a lot's been made, thought? yeah, a lot's been made of the level of investment in our midfield and then the figures get quoted as to how many millions we've spent and we don't play them, we put them on the bench or we don't put them in the starting lineup. We don't even put them on the bench sometimes, as the case may be. Um I don't know if he's gonna completely say to the team to go and play with abandon almost. Yeah, you know, I don't think that's gonna quite happen here. Um and with the teams that are coming up and the level of opposition I think it's going to be really intriguing as to what he does with James Milner, of all people. Because he has a lot of faith in Millie. Loads. I mean, season after season, year after year, game after game, we're seeing it. He really does like James Milner a lot. And with his 500th appearance today, taking those match balls as well, all credit to him for actually reaching such a, such a milestone. The reason why I say this in regards to Millie is that if he goes with Ginny, Fab and Cater. He'll be sitting in the back of his head, okay, if I need strength and endurance, I need my Duracell bunny out there, where am I going to put him to just keep going and grinding away? I don't know. And the thing is, I also don't know, and I'm, I'm at the mercy almost of every Liverpool fan at this, in that who else will keep going and going and going and going? All right, sometimes what Milner does isn't pretty. Most of the time it's effective, but then sometimes, as we saw against PSG, you can be... Not so pretty, not so effective. And is that as some of the parts around you or is that as you as an individual realising that whatever you're doing just isn't working? Now, with that conundrum, you sit there and think, if Gomez was fit, you wouldn't care. Gomez was fit starting, you wouldn't care. Because you sit there and think, he'll be able to look after himself, he'll be able to handle anything that's um, paired in front of him on the wing, not a problem. But we haven't got that now. We've got... Trent coming back in more than likely. You can have Lovren in the middle or Matip with Van Dyke and Robertson. So then I worry because Lovren can Lovren. Trent can be a t- um, targeted. And if Trent is targeted, who will help? Fabinho would help. Cater possibly. Ginny, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think that's the quandary that I've got in my head. The front three or anything in the attacking lineup, including Shakiri coming on and playing as well, there's no fear whatsoever. There's nothing. You said anything that, that that machine works. It always has worked, but the space to be able to achieve that isn't done just by the front three alone. It's by the supplements that come from midfield. But if the supplementary comes from midfield, you have gaps. And who's strong enough and quick enough and versatile enough and has the last ability to do that? Mm. I don't know. 
Okay, um, I might not be able to speak English, but I think you don't understand it because I'm sure the question was about um, will will the attack go all out and the defense hold on? Well, so I you know, maybe. And I picked all that up. Sam, I'm going to come to you. I think. And yeah, I want to get No, 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 no. I no. I'm going. I'm going to the next person because you know what, <laughs> listeners want to hear post match. Sam, I'm going to come to you now. I want to get your thoughts on the attack and. Um, what you make of it, because I think one of the key different th- difference about this season is, say last season, if we took, say, somebody like um, Sadio Mane out, you would have instantly felt it, that it feels a bit disjointed. I feel like we actually have some quality players um, out in terms of, like, Shakiri coming in, because I thought he had a wonderful game. And I feel like everyone seems to be clicking better. The, the team seems to be a bit more up to speed. And it was only a matter of time before before the attack sort of um, uh, kicked into gear. I want to get your thoughts on that. Today, it really felt like a flawless performance in that regard. Yeah, t- totally agree. I think the acquisition of Shakiri has been a bit of a masterstroke, really. I think there was a lot of people who, who really didn't want what they thought was a Stoke reject coming into the club. But I think he's shown that he was waiting for a club that, that fit him. And Liverpool at the moment are showing that he's the ideal player for Liverpool and Liverpool are the ideal club for him. I think he's, he's shown for years that he's got the technique and the quality required to be a top, top player. It's just that he seemed to have made a poor decision when he went to Stoke and, and maybe chased the money a little bit in that instance. And it, it, was a, it was a slog for him. It was clear, you know, he's poor decisions because he felt the need to carry the team. Now that he's at a, a team where he knows he's got class all around him. He's making the correct decisions. He's making incredible balls through to the, the runners. You know, Salah, Terreno, making mm-hmm. some lovely runs again. And Shakiri's done it in a number of occasions over the last games where he's playing that little chip through ball and, and he's finding Salah and marked in the box. And it's becoming a real weapon because we're finding against these sides in the Premier League, the, the defences are so, so solid these days. You need to have that bit of creativity on the, on the pitch. And I think he's been a key player now since we've been trying to you know, open things up a little bit more with our usual you know, workman-like midfield. Um, when we have to drop someone like Mane to give him a rest, we're bringing him into the side and, and we're not suffering for it. You know, as you said before, before we had Salah at the team, if Mane, Mane was out, we were all panicking. But we are showing now that slowly but surely we're, we're starting to build a squad that can actually compete at the top level. You know, I, I would like another attacker in January if we could possibly. I think that would be massive for the last you know, portion of the season. But we are seeing that we are a team that is slowly, slowly building something. And you know, we've got to give our dues to uh, the likes of Milner. Henderson and Wijnaldum, you know, they, they've they've done the tough early part of the season while we were waiting for Fabinho and Keita to kind of settle into the you know a new setting, a new country, get their fitness up to the levels that's required in this Jurgen Klopp team. Those boys did a job for us, and we've had an incredible start to the season because of that. So <clears> you know, you know, I don't think they're as bad as maybe some people say, but. We don't half see the difference once we get those boys into the team today. It's chalk and cheese, you know. Between mm-hmm. a bit between Fabinho being able to stop the attacks of the oppositions and get the ball going forward quickly, we've got Keita who can run with the ball at his feet and just burst past the player effortlessly. 
you know, we saw in the Burnley game, he's got an eye for goal as well. So I'm sure he'll be chipping in unlike our other midfielders. And Wijnaldum yeah. has continued in the same vein of form as well, where he's, he's, he's doing all the hard work, but he's also shown a lot of quality as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's no coincidence then we've ended up winning 4-0 when that's the because that makes such a difference. It <clears throat> didn't give Bournemouth a second to have a break whatsoever. For so sure. Mm. For me, for me now, once we've seen this midfield, it'll be horrendous to change from it now. So I, I think if fit and if the sports science guys believe that those three are able to play the next game from the start, I think that's exactly what we'll see whoever we play because the, the difference, it, it really does elevate, elevate this Liverpool team to a totally different level. No, absolutely. And- can I just come in and talk about midfield against Napoli? Because I actually think they will change it. I think that um, Cater just started two in a row. So it's going to be tough for him to start a third because he'll be, yeah. he'll just be too much of a spike. Uh, Milner's been starting all, all three, last three games. I don't think he'll play. Uh, Fab can and Ginny can because they've only played that one. They were off in the midweek game. So I reckon Fab and Ginny definitely start. And then Hendo's only just played a few minutes there. So I honestly think he sticks with the three and goes with Fab, Ginny and uh, Hendo. In the midfield against can I actually can I have a conversation with all of you and uh, Simon please jump in as well um you know we okay. kind of spoke about that kind of attack and you know Liverpool kind of going gung-ho I, I want to get your thoughts because the more I think about this I don't know if this is like um I don't know like a dress rehearsal or something for Napoli in the sense that may, we we can't rely on just scoring one goal and defending it out maybe this was like a bit of a training exercise for what we need to do against Napoli yeah, I think you might be onto something there. I mean, we do need to win that match. I mean, we need to hammer the fuckers, right? Yeah, I don't I want mean, to gain chances. I don't want it to be at a point where we're say what like two 0 up, and there's five minutes left, and if they scored, then we're, you know, then, then we're fucked. So I think we really need to be, be be beating them, and that midfield will, I think, is the way to go. But I think, I think though, the fact that Milner has played that much. I don't think he'll play, and Keita as well. But I mean, I'm not sure. It's a tough one to call, but I think we all know what we'd like. But uh, it, I, I suppose, it depends if the aim is to is to just absolutely smash them, or if he's going to take a more cautious approach and tr- and and just win the match one nil. Yeah, no, I'm for good. sure. I'm I'm good, Nin. I'm good. I'm good with everything. There, that sounds really good to me. Okay, that's absolutely fine. Well, um, Simon, thank you so much for your points and your call once again. Really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks, guys. Have a nice weekend. You too. Okay, so that was Simon, our second caller. We kind of um, discussed them. Will will the attack be the crazy fuckers that they were from last season? Fingers crossed that they are. Certainly against Napoli, I want to absolutely destroy those fuckers nothing against them i just want to i don't want to be in europa league okay i don't like thursday night football it's fucking awful but anyway that's another story for another day we're going to move on to our third caller kwesi davis welcome to the show kwesi thank you nina thanks for having me always a pleasure take it away um i have two comments and a question so I'll start with the two comments. Uh, first of all, I, I've always believed Matip is actually a more talented player than Lovren. 
And my hope is that he can stay fit and therefore show it because he's going to be key on, on Tuesday. And I'm happy he had a good game today. Um, mm. Next comment is that while Nabikita has all the skills to be the more advanced of the three, you know, playing the Oxlade the Chamberlain role, right now he drifts in and out of the game in that role. There's no doubt that his touches were world-class. But I have a question for the fan base. Have you guys seen the man play the number six in a double pivot? He literally is the game. Every loose ball in the midfield comes to him. Body move, dribble pass three, pass. I mean, he's a highlight reel. What you saw today was the tip of the iceberg because we have him away from the center of midfield and on the periphery. Um, now, at some point, we'll get to use him in the 8 slash 10, and he'll be closer to the attackers, and he'll start scoring loads of goals. Um, I don't think it's now. I think he and Genie should have switched today. I think Genie in the 10, where he scored 11 goals for, for Newcastle, would be fine. And then he can't play negative in the 10. He just can't, because there's no way you can be at the D of the opposition and then sort of turn the ball back and play it back to your defense. I mean, at that point, you start to link up and you start to shoot. So those were my points. My question is for our producer, Gags. Um, what, what, what do you reckon about Lalana? He looks like he could be a nice change. Um, later on in games, he had a good game today, uh, his cameo. <laughs> and I know he's a friend of yours. <laughs> At this moment in time, we've just won 4 0. I'm not going to say any bad words about Adam Lalana. I'm just going to say I feel very, very sad for Adam Lalana that he had a really, you know, another, another, Shit, another yes. kind of injury or something, some bad luck that's gone his way. Nothing seems he, to be going his way. In an ideal world, I wish. Yeah, he got smacked in the head and uh, he was bleeding. He had about five minutes off the pitch, so he didn't even get to play the full allotted time that he was even, you know, given. It's just bad luck for him, you know, because he did look decent, actually. And the thing is, I just want... I want all Liverpool players to do well. Uh, I just go by what they have been doing. And unfortunately, Lalana hasn't been at that level that we need. If no. Lalana can get back to what he was or that six months that he had, no problems at all. No problems at all. But we benefit just, from that. Yeah, yeah, of course. But he just doesn't seem like he's ever going to get there. If he can get back, then he can be nailed on 20 minutes at the end of a game to press and hurry and and so that some of those um, 50-50 balls fall our way and that we can keep possession of the ball. Um, I think that's yeah. key. You have, you have a 3-1 lead in a tight game, for instance. It really, really does help have somebody who's not going to boot it into Rosehead, but can knock it around. And if we lose it, who's going to press the ball, put some energy into it and give everybody else the hurry up. Um, so Cressy, I'm going to have to cut you in because you know what? You've you've had a lot of on, um, on the chat here. Lots of people saying, love Cressy, love Cressy, love Cressy. But you know what? The man of the match tweet, the, the, the comment of the day comes from P. Dawkins, 85, and he's just wrote, listening to Cressy is like hearing my father talk about football. Only difference is Cressy drops the stats. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's fucking brilliant. 
I'm partial to um, you can take my life, but you can never take my midfield. I mean, that was amazing. <laughs> you know what? I have to say, um, everyone's on fire today. You know what? Brilliant stuff. But Cressy, carry on. You you were speaking there about Lalana. Yeah. Um. Just just that. Uh, it, it would be nice if that role at the end of games, you know, was settled. Um, I don't think he'll ever be a real starter for us anymore. And that's fine. But if we can get him to a point where he contributes for the last 20 minutes in games where we're leading, um, it's certainly better than <laughs> Simon's pet peeve, which is to, to bring on a third central defender. I mean, that drives him up the wall. So bringing on a Lalana, which seems counterintuitive at first, is actually a reasonable defensive change if you can keep the ball. But yeah, that, those were my points today. Uh, Cressy, before you go, do you have a question for the panel? I've got to make uh, them was, earn their or, appearance. Or, well, no, no. Where they can, they, they can discuss Lalana. The question, I aimed it at gags, but to be honest, it was for the whole panel. Okay, um, well, you kind of answered it between yourselves. So you know what we'll do? We will use um, one of your talking points and we're going to discuss Joel Matip. I think that's a good talking point right Fair there. Enough. I mean... Yeah, so thank you so much for that. I mean, Harinda, I'm going to come to you first because um, I did the preview show with um, Eddie and we we spoke about, uh, I, I thought Lovren might be coming in I, I, and I was like, no, we should keep Matip because I thought he had a very good game against Burnley and he's had a very good game again today. You know, he was sort of driving forward. Um, he, he just had a, a positive performance and I want to get your thoughts because I don't know what's happening with uh, Lovren. I believe he has concussion. So is Matip um, the show starter against uh, Napoli for you? I, I can't see us going any other way. Um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be that way. I think one. one and what did Dave, you make of his performance? Well, I was going to say one of Dave's pebbles on Pebble actually landed and it's sort of concussed him. It's Dave's fault. Mr. <laughs> Hendrick. He's <laughs> been skimming along the. He's <laughs> been skimming along from Ireland across the river. Sorry, across the ocean, and it's hit him in the head. Um, it does look that way, right? Uh, I'm really, really gutted about Joe Gomez. Really gutted because mm. you sit there and you think, you know, with with him on. Massive games, right? Yeah, absolutely. Massive games. Now, with Matip there, he looked calm and composed today. Didn't look like a sack of shit against Burnley. What more can we hope for? What more could we hope for? We just want someone to be... if. We don't need him to be Van Dyke. We don't, because you know, it's not going to happen, right? He's not going to be Van Dyke. So we just need him to be calm, composed. Don't do anything rash. Don't do anything stupid. Don't do sea ball, whack ball either. You know, that's the other thing that Dave says. Um, just positionally be aware and don't give them any room to maneuver because Napoli were ripping through us in the away match. Yeah, the fact they only scored in the 91st minute, wherever it was, was lucky. But they were able to carve us apart. So my fear is that they could do the same again. So we really mm-hmm. do need to be key on space. Don't let them break through. You know, come hell or high water, do not let them break through. So Matip will need to fit that. However, whatever programming needs to be done, whatever injections he needs, if he needs to go and see a Man City mate or two, go for it. You know what? I'm all up for that. But we just need him to be absolutely solid. Doesn't have to do anything crazy. Doesn't have to take any risks. Just be assured. 
And in the evidence, the last two mm. matches, he's been that. I can't remember him putting too much of a foot wrong against Burnley and definitely didn't put too much of a foot wrong today. So that's my feeling, you know, Matty. No, they're, they're, they're good feelings. They are very good feelings. Um, I think a lot of people do echo them. I'll get gags in a minute to um, read out some of the comments regarding Matip. Sam, I'm going to come to you because Harinda made some very good points. So I want to get your thoughts on Matip and his performances. And, you know, d- would you would he be the, the, the sort of third best centre-back? Of, of course, um, well, the first one in right now because Gomez is injured. But... Herinda said something there. I don't want him to be, you know, he doesn't have to be Virgil van Dijk. He just has to pretty much listen to him, right? <laughs> I think that's what it all comes down to. Yeah, t- totally agree. Um, you know, when Trent needs a rest, I've absolutely hated the, the, the move for moving Joe Gomez to right back and then moving either Lovren or Matip into the centre. And it's, it's not because I don't think Joe Gomez does a great job at right back. It's because we've only got four centre-backs at the club and then we're playing three of them on the pitch straight away. And we know already that Lovren is often prone to picking up these little injuries now and again. So we've, we've ended up leaving ourselves short. So that, that, that was the main problem with that. And it's, it's proved the case now, you know. But we're down to the, the bare bones again. We've just got those two. But regards to Matip, he, he started the game against Burnley. First thing he did was give the ball away terribly and put us in a really bad position. But be, to be totally fair to the guy, apart from that, afterwards, he was really calm and composed. You know, if we put our preconceptions about the guy to one side and we just look at his performance objectively, he, he's had two pretty solid games. Um, I haven't got the stats to hand regards to Matip, but his aerial duels against Burnley, he was fantastic yet again. And today now, he's done a really solid job. And we know the guy can play football and he can be composed on the ball and he can pass the ball. So, you know, I, I think mm. we're seeing now that our substitute centre-backs are at a better level than our old first-choice centre-backs back in the days of Skirtle were. You know, we're not quite as bad as we once were. And Lovren is someone that we know has got his flaws and he's, he's frustrated the hell out of all of us at some point or another. But at the end of the day, he's not our first-choice centre-back. So I'm more than happy to have him and Matip as the backup guys. It's just frustrated me that we have put ourselves in this position by playing three centre-backs when we are basically on that tightrope. And we, we've, we've put Gomez in a position where he could get injured, and that's what's ended up happening. But fair play, when you have a player like James Milner in the squad, this is his worth. You know, the guy will step up when we have got shortfalls because these things happen in a season. You know, it doesn't matter how big your squad is. If you can get unpredictable injuries happen in a place where you haven't got much cover and then you're desperate for someone to step in. You know, James Milner is someone now, he, he's made it very clear that he wants to play in central midfield and Klopp has given him plenty of chances at the start of this season to do that. And he's he, he's done a good job, to be fair to the guy. So, well, well in mm. James Milner. But... Example now against Burnley, we had to change it up a bit. Stepped into left back, no complaints, and did a cracking job. Today, now again, because of this injury to Gomez, James Milner slots in at right back, does a cracking job. You know, you know what you're going to get with Milner. He's going to fight his ass off. He's going to make the sensible decisions, and he's going to be reliable. So, you know, there was a reason that Man City fans didn't want to lose James Milner. It wasn't because he's a world beater. It wasn't because he's he's going to start every game. It's because 
during the season, you're going to have these ups and downs, and he's someone then who can step in and fill that void. And I think he's done a good job today. So, you know, on the whole, I, I'm, I'm a bit less nervous about Matip now after the last couple of games because we've got this huge game against Napoli coming up. And I think he might have given Klopp a bit of a hair dick because I think that the favourite for the Napoli game would have been Lovren to play that. But, you know, he's had this little, I don't know what it is, injury or another illness. You know, we need to get some multivitamins in that guy. I think uh, Lovren's getting picked some illnesses all the time. <laughs> I don't know what... Get, get him some manuka honey or something. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> he, seems, he seems to miss a lot of games with a virus. Or I don't know what's going on with Lover, and it's bizarre. But he has that now and again. But you know, I, I'm really interested to see now what's going to happen because you know I don't think Matip's done anything to warrant being dropped now. So you know, I wouldn't be at all surprised now when it comes to Napoli. He goes, yeah, we go again with the same team. Yeah, for sure. I don't think um, there are many options. I think Lovren will probably be out for that one as well. Gags, I want to bring you in. Uh, read me some of the hot comments regarding Matip. Yeah, so a lot of And maybe give us your thoughts as well. What did you make of his performance? Yeah, he was fine. Didn't do anything special, didn't do anything crazy, but he just managed it well. And uh, that that's good enough at the moment, I think. Um, base, uh, Bernie thinks Matip is a safer bet than Lovren. Uh, Brett thought... Um, in the chat, that is, I thought that Matip played well. Um, Hefty, it was just on Simon. He likes Matip as well. Um, Brett then goes on to say Lovren scares him. Uh, Stephen also thinks, um, you know, on the last two performances, Matip is 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 decent. Um, but 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 Hefty then says he is Bambi, but he is less prone to areas, and I think that he takes leadership from VVT better than Lovren does. <laughs> Can I Sorry, be honest yeah. with you? That is actually very important, you know. Uh, you know, I'll just go back to one of uh, my, my favourite partnerships in, in, in defensive football, and it used to actually be Nesta and Maldini. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, or, or Nesta with anyone for that example. And Nesta is, was one of the the greatest defenders of all time, and I'm sure many of you will agree with that. Yeah. But he was a defender that needed to take orders or needed to be told where to be. And you, for Italy, he had somebody like Cannavaro that did that um, in, in Milan. He had, of course, he had Paolo Maldini. And just because a defender needs to be told what to do, and he takes them orders right down to the T and by the letter and doesn't fuck up, I think that is absolutely quality. You you need you need that defender that tells players where to be and where to sit. I think Sammy Hippies do that with, with the likes of Carragher yeah. and, and, and Aga, you know, um, Way yeah. back when, I think there's it's no, absolutely important. You no should take that, orders. Yeah, but there's no doubt that Matip looks better next to VVD. That's that's the key here. He's a, yeah. He against quality, Matip does go to pot sometimes, like everybody else does, you know. And of course, and he would. Yep. And, and, and sometimes. By the way, I'm not. I'm not saying Matip is not people. That wasn't my intention. I was just saying that it's good. It doesn't make you a lesser man to listen to somebody that's better than you. Maybe that's just a little bit of a word of advice to maybe someone like Lovren. Yeah, I think I think if if you know that there's a there's a leader at the back and you follow that, I mean, I was expecting Miller to fuck up a lot today, but I was expecting it because Fraser was going to be playing on that side, but they didn't play him there. And I thought that was a big mistake from from how personally. I thought that was really stupid. How can you not play your best player in his best favoured position against a standing right back? I mean, that is just fucking dumb. Sorry, you deserve to lose four 0 for that. So fuck off, you know, basically. Uh, but yeah, Matty. I thought it was fine. Everybody else in the group uh, agrees that's the way to go for now, for the next few weeks at least. Uh, he will need he will need to rotate with Lovren when he's fit because 
he just can't play every single game and Matip gets injured Agreed. regularly. So yeah, uh, I, I think it's fine for now. No, excellent. Well, thank you so much for your comments. Keep them coming in. Um, just give us your thoughts on, on, on the match in general as well. And I'm sure Gad will read them out. Guys, I think we've pretty much discussed everything there at length. Is there any final word that you want to put out there? Anything that you want to get off your chest? This is what we call the closure section. So, you know what? Um, I will come to Harinda first. Um, your, your thoughts, you know, your takeaways from that game that hasn't been mentioned. Steve Cook. God bless you. It's a fucking great goal, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Because the reason why I hate Steve Cook so much is he got the equaliser. We were winning so comfortably. Oh, yeah. So comfortably. You know, 3-1 up or whatever it was at Bournemouth away a few seasons back. First Fraser scored and Steve Cook got the equaliser, which gave him the real impetus to then carry on. And obviously Ake did what Ake did last minute and whatever not. And scored made it 4-3 and everyone went home sick. But Steve Cook played a fucking blinder today. Twice. Twice. So he couldn't outrun Salah. And Salah went to the absolute piss out of them for the fourth goal. But then also he just knew. He just knew. He thought, you know what? Robbo's done such a ball like that. It deserves to go into the back of the net. So Steve Cook, thank you fucking very much indeed. I love the fact that it was Steve Cook who did that. Of all people. It's a bit like a mini revenge almost for <laughs> what happened a few seasons ago. Not only that. You know what? I love that. And I love the fact that you remembered. And I love the fact I that you take that grudge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you know what he did? He, he tried to take down Salah from the back and it hurt him. You know, for the goal, for the second goal. He actually scraped him. And then for it to happen to him back... It was really fast karma working, man. Absolutely. Like, okay, real fast karma. But then, since they beat us 4 3, they've lost 8 0 at home to us. Two games. <laughs> 4 0. But I'm just I, waiting for Nathan Ake to get sent off. That'll, that'll to, do it for me then. Then I'm, then nice. I'm over it. That's yeah. it. Yeah, then I'm over it. Oh, yeah, for that. sure. Absolutely. Um, the only other talking point, really, of the match it, it is Salah himself, right? Like, there's been so much talk of he's not been on form or he's not playing really well or this isn't happening, that's not happening for him. I remember when he changed foot for one of his shots and it kind of skewed wide and it was like, you know, you see Mike and Tyler and Alan Smith creaming themselves off in regards to the fact that, oh yeah, Salah's not quite ready. Oh, he's not bad. <laughs> and then he goes and scores a hat-trick and still Martin Shirtas, screwy, fuckwit Tyler carries on and goes on about oh yeah if it hadn't been for the goal oh if Salah hadn't been off fuck off literally fuck off deal with it we won 4-0 we yeah. won at a canter it's got fuck all to do with the first goal it's got everything to do with this team being brilliant you know Hashtag what my problem fuck with Martin, Martin Tyler yeah, you know what my problem with Martin Tyler is? He makes fucking um, Mo Salah, like, he commentates on him like he's watching Jemba Jemba, and then when he watches fucking, um, uh, what's he called now, Marwan Fellaini, he fucking gives him the love and respect of Diego Maradona. It's insane, and it's madness, and, you know, yeah, we clearly don't see the agenda at all, people. Over to you, Sam Evans. That is the first time you've ever on the first attempt so well done Nina that's amazing um, second of all Harinda I've, I've been fighting out lines <laughs> I think you should get it like tattooed on your hand or something you can just look don't down don't yourself <laughs> I have your fucking name on my body I ain't getting no Sam Evans stamp stamp 
It's, it's popular in Wales, actually, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no. And also, Herinda, I never knew that was Martin Tyler's full name, mate. That's um, that's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, I'm sure I, I, I left a few expletives out. <laughs> it's a hell of a name. I'm I'm very impressed. But um, yeah, so yeah, the the Salah thing. I think Gags nailed it a bit earlier, where he said about him being, you know, he might be just in the zone because he knows this Napoli game is everything now. You know, the Champions League, that guy wants to be, he wants to be the next in line to the throne after Messi and Ronaldo. And he knows he has to be playing in the Champions League in order to be the man. And the the reaction today was almost like, bang, that's it. I'm the man. We've got business to do against Napoli. And he he wasn't giving anything away. He wasn't going to just relax and enjoy himself. You know, the time to enjoy was after the game. So it might have been a touch of that. Uh, we, we'll probably never know. Um, the other thing I wanted to just mention briefly, you have touched on it, is Lalana. You know, I've, I've often criticised the guy. Um, I think we all agree that he's never going to be a starting player for this Liverpool side. But I, I must say, I thought he did a job off the bench today. Uh, a couple of the guys mm. touched on it earlier. You know, he came on, he kept the ball really well, and he actually had an assist as well for that uh, hat-trick goal for Salah as well. So I thought, you know, I did feel for him a bit like Cags as well. He got that elbow to the head and was pouring out blood again. And it was just, this guy can't catch a break. So, um, you know, he's had a lot of criticism because he, he's never fit. But you know, it's it's a bit like Sturridge has been over the years. It's, it's not his fault. You know, I don't think he's anywhere near the same kind of standard of player. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, one thing he does do, he'll always work really hard and he'll, he'll keep hold of the ball. And, and sometimes... Um, as a couple of the guys have mentioned earlier, in the last 20 minutes of games, when it's comfortable, that's all you need. You know, just someone to come on, keep the ball nice and comfortably and just make simple decisions. Do you not think that's a little bit problematic, though, that he has to be in a feel-good factor for him to kind of have a good game? The whole point of a sub is sometimes it's not going to be sunshine and daisies. Sometimes you're going to have to come on and change the game and change the course of the game. I'm sorry, I can't have this emotional bullshit, this daisy little flower. <laughs> no, I, we want to win a fucking league here and a no, Champions League, perhaps. But the problem is, right, this is our squad until January. So my, my point mm. was more to do with he's what we've got for now. And he's done yeah, a good yeah. job today. That that was all. I'm not going yeah. about it. He's not in the future. I, I know. I know. Uh, but then if that's the club's mindset, then it's yeah. not going to be really great. But I, I agree with you. He did do well. Um, I think yeah. he, he's good from a winning position. I, I like to give praise because I, I've you know, criticised Henderson in the past. A lot, but when I think they've had a good game, I like to mention it because I, I think if you're going to give it... One way you've got to also praise when you think they played well. So um, that's just the yeah, last thing I wanted to mention sure. on that. And yeah. the other thing I wanted to say was top of the Premier League now, uh, and that's going to be the case for another few hours. So everyone enjoy it now while we can, and you know, pop on a Chelsea top for a couple hours, and hopefully we can enjoy it a bit longer. Get out of here. No one fucking does that. No chance. No chance, no chance wearing Chelsea top around here. Not where I live, mate. For fucking sake. Sorry, took 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 exception to that one. <laughs> that, that, that went, that went down you well. know what? I'm not even going to dig in his... I'm not even going to... that with... I mean, he spoke about Adam Lallana a bit too much for my liking on this podcast for his little cameo. Uh, Baji, I'm going to come to you, your man of the match, because I know your little one's waking up, so hit it. He is. My, my man of the match is my little one, who said, Daddy, for the first time, as, as Salah nice. scored the second. As Salah scored the second goal. 
Amazing. I'm there shouting and screaming, and he's in the bike in the court. And he's just wait, wait, wait. Did he look at Salah and shout at Daddy? <laughs> that would have been no. hilarious. No. That would have been terrible. That would have been quite scary, actually. And then <laughs> my wife would have had quite a lot of questions to answer. Um, but no, like, the goal goes in. I'm shouting and screaming. And he looks at me. He's like, Dad, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Oh. I'm like, Oh my god, where's my phone? Oh my, my wife's not gonna believe me, but I'm a son of scored. Oh shit, no, hang on. I need to capture this. And then he starts walking towards, like, kind of crawls over, and he's still doing it. Dad, ah, oh, dad, daddy, dad. I'm like, okay, my heart's melting. Yeah, it's okay, okay, okay. I've got to get you, but okay, fantastic. And then I'm like, fuck it, Salah scored. It's fucking brilliant. I, you know what? It's been great. It's been absolutely great. Liverpool have won at a canter. It's 4 0. Salah hat trick. And with Saib Singh now crying away because it's woken up from his nap it's time for me to say goodbye so thank you very much listeners have fun and love the reds absolutely see you later harinda right okay and uh, we had to get that one in quick um my just my quick takeaways from this game were i absolutely thought um roberto firmino um i think his performance will really go underrated I don't think he's had a lot of talk, but I thought he was absolutely brilliant. I thought he he did drop deep, but not as deep as where he's not affecting the game. Um, and of course, um, he got a couple of assists there for um, Mo Salah as well. I thought he he had one of his better games, and um, I thought Shakiri just pinging the ball around and just doing what he does. Um, I thought both of those were absolutely brilliant. I'm going to move on to Sam now and get his man of the match. I think it's unanimous personally. Yeah, I think it's a pretty safe bet. Obviously, uh, the man of the match today is going to have to be Mohamed Salah. You know, you can't not pick the guy. You've you, you got to pick the guy who scored the hat-trick, to be honest. And I think it, it wasn't just he scored a hat-trick and just he tapped them all in. He was electric. He was always dangerous today. I think, you know, he's, he's the clear man of the match on the day. Um, you know, I think the whole team was in cruise control from start to finish. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just shown. And I think we're, we're just showing a different level of maturity at this moment in time. And that's the perfect platform for the guys like Salah to be able to then, to then shine. And I just wanted to say, you know, we've, we've done really well to get through this podcast today now with all of the problems that you've had, Nina, on your Wi-Fi on Millennium. So, um, I'm just really. <laughs> You're such a dickhead. I fucking hate you. <laughs> so I just wanted to say, well done. I know you have technical difficulties today and it's been absolutely seamless and you've done really well. So well done, Chewie. Oh, God, fuck yourself. I hate you. Talking to which, actually, I do actually call him but, you know, that's just a personal little thing. It's not as cool, though, people, trust me. But um, I, I think I pretty much agree. I think Mo Salah is everyone's, the people's, everyone's man of the match, despite him giving it to James Milner. On a side note, that is a massive, massive, massive deal with regards to James Milner. What an achievement. 500 Premier League appearances. Uh, that, to me, is the epitome of a professional. Fair play to him. And I think we're pretty much it. Thank you so much to all our subscribers who joined us live. Thank you to our callers. Would not be a show without them. So much great chat there as well. So we really appreciate it. And um, for anyone who's listening who wasn't on the Discord app, Gags, how do they get involved? So basically, folks, uh, really, really appreciate first and foremost all those listening live and commenting and getting involved and interacting with us. This is 
absolutely fantastic really nice to do we'll try and get more and more of you into discord obviously not everybody's here yet so there's still loads out there uh if you want to join in all you do is go to anfieldindex.com forward slash discord there's lots of free area there's a there's a big free area sorry with lots of chats so there's lots of things for people that aren't ai pro subscribers those of you that are ai pro subscribers you get all the additional bits this live call the, this live show is for you so not only do you now get shows that are you know recorded and we put them out for you but there'll be some live ones every week as well one minimum at least live one every week hopefully a premier league games uh mostly we'll try and work on more for you but uh that's the type of thing we're doing we're hoping to put something special up for christmas as well uh, a live a live show for christmas lots of us and then that'll be recorded and edited and put out on christmas day so lots of things that we can do lots of things we want to do subscribers we look after you f- first and foremost if you aren't a subscriber get on there anfield index dot uh, com forward slash join four ninety nine a month or forty nine ninety nine a year and we're just increasing all the benefits all the time. Uh, Discord also has lots of chat uh, groups for each pod which are only open to subscribers as well. So uh, thank you once again for joining us live on the Nina Kaiser show. No, thank you. <clears throat> Do get involved. Um, contact Gags. He's a technical guy. Clearly not sorting out my technical issues. But um, Sam is absolutely spot on. I've I've had a bit of a mare with my with my connection, uh, but I hope I made sense. I I hope I answered the right questions. There's always that as well. It's like Russian roulette. I'll have to listen back. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Thank you so much again to all the subscribers. A massive thank you to Sam Evans, as always, and Harinda, who had to go. But word on the street is there will be a Desi podcast, so I will plug that for him uh, pretty much this week. Sam, anything that you're working on? Uh, no, there's nothing in the pipeline right now as well. But, uh, you know, if anyone wants to have a chat about Liverpool, I'm on Twitter at Sambo Evans. Awesome. Yep. Do follow Sam there. And again, thank you for listening. The Reds are on top of the league. Enjoy it. Next up is Napoli. I'll be back with your decision on AI Pro. Keep it locked right here. Thank you so much. Until next time, up the fucking Reds. Podcast Network.